Hello and welcome to the Monday, August 14th, 2023 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Well, let's start with some diaries that came in over the weekend. Xavier wrote about some Python malware that he found and this malware is using an interesting anti-debugging trick. It uses two Windows API calls, enum windows and get window text in order to figure out which windows are currently open on the system. And then, well, uh, what the text associated with these windows is telling the attacker what other software you may have running, like, uh, for example, debuggers. And that's exactly when they will then stop execution. Moritz Aprel with penetration company Sys did publish an interesting blog that's also presented at Black Hat last week that details some weaknesses in Zoom's Zero Touch provisioning feature. What Zero Touch provisioning really does is that if you are buying Zoom hardware, so not using uh, your computer uh, for Zoom calls, but a specific dedicated Zoom telephone or video conferencing system, in that case, you can configure uh, the hardware to automatically reach out to Zoom and then download respective configurations. Now, the way this works is that anybody with a license to deploy these devices is able to register those devices with Zoom. And then you basically just need to provide the MAC address of the device. When the device then connects to Zoom, it will just look up the address for its MAC address and then follow the instructions for provisioning, which of course may include running commands, installing firmware and other things that an attacker could abuse. So the attacker would just sign up with Zoom purchase licenses, then deploy a malicious configuration for devices with MAC addresses that the attacker would like to attack. And then when these devices reach out to Zoom, they will execute the malicious configuration. There's little Zoom can do to sort of uh, validate these configurations because they often then just basically point to a third party uh, to download uh, additional uh, configuration parameters and uh, firmware, which is out of control for Zoom. The main problem here really seems to be that all it takes is a MAC address in order uh, to basically register the device. Not all of these issues discussed in this blog post have been addressed yet by Zoom. The vulnerability seems to be a little bit limited uh, because it only happens during the initial uh, configuration of the device. So there's a limited time window where an attacker could take advantage of this. But of course, if a device is, for example, factory reset or something like this, that could trigger again one of those uh, configurations. If you are deploying these kind of devices, take a look at the blog post uh, has lots more details about various attack scenarios. And then there's another interesting paper presented last week, uh, this one at the USENIX Security Symposium. It's a work from researchers at Tsinghua University as well as University of uh, California. And well, it's the good old DNS cache poisoning, which uh, never really quite seems to go away. In this particular uh, paper, they're looking at uh, what they're calling CDNSs, which uh, basically are DNS servers that act as recursive 
recursive resolvers and as forwarders. This is not an unusual configuration. It's in particular sort of large ISPs and such that offer recursive resolvers to their community for certain domains. They may actually act as forwarders. And there's an old problem here. And I remember this like at least 10, maybe 15 years ago between Bind and Microsoft DNS servers, where they sort of have different opinions as to who needs to do like bellywick checks and such when it comes to forwarding. Forwarding name servers, unlike recursive name servers, will only forward queries to a very specific upstream name server, no matter whether this name server is authoritative or not for a particular domain. It's, for example, used by organizations that then use their ISPs and DNS server, so they just forward queries to their ISP. And that sort of confusion as to who needs to enforce some of these Bellevue checks and such, that can cause issues. They go over a number of attacks here, also allowing you to very efficiently guess uh, query IDs and such. So interesting paper, the vulnerabilities in affected software have uh, been uh, patched already. Well, and this is it for today. Uh, Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.